I've had so many people over the last especially 19 years who have come to me and said, Alex, I want to thank you. My cancer's gone, but I I'm still not real happy. What I believe now is that I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and the reason I'm talking to you today is that I am starting over. Uh, 19 years ago, in 2001, I discovered a healing mechanism, and for the last 19 years, have pretty much been the natural healing guy, at least that's how I was known around the world, and I love that and I'm grateful for that. But the last few years, I started feeling like I'm putting the cart before the horse. I, I, I've got the priorities wrong. I need to start over and not be product oriented, but be teaching and message oriented. And that's what I'm doing. And um, I'm doing uh, one track, one channel that is for anybody and everybody. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you believe. I'm doing another channel for people who believe in Jesus like me. Or if you're curious. Now, don't let that scare you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not even talking about going to church. I'm really talking about love and spirituality. So if you're curious about that, check out the channel for people who believe in Jesus. If, if that is not you and you know that's not you, then you're in the right place. And so let me, let me tell you a little bit of the history here so uh, maybe it'll make sense why I'm starting over after 19 years. My wife and I uh, married in 1986 believing our life was going to be happily ever after. And I'm, I'm giving you the short version here. And in less than three years, she wanted a divorce, and I was very unhappy, and she kicked me out of the house, said I can't stand to live with you anymore, and, and, and all of that. And I was doing, I thought, the right things in my life. Uh, I wasn't laying on the couch eating Twinkies. I was... Uh, working hard. I was reading books. I was talking to people wiser than myself and trying to integrate all of those things into the way I lived my life. But everything was getting worse and worse. My health, I, I, I believe to this day I may have had cancer. It was never diagnosed, but I, I believe me, I looked it up and I had every symptom. And my college buddies were saying, are you okay, Alex? You look about 10 years older than you are. Uh, I, I felt bad emotionally all the time. I was about to be fired from my job. We were about to go bankrupt, and my wife was about to kick me out of the house. And that was doing what I thought would lead to success and happiness, but it didn't. It led in the opposite direction. And one of the big issues, of course, was 
my wife's depression, which lasted the first 12 years of our life. And it was a living nightmare. Uh, if you haven't experienced something like that, then it's hard to relate, but it is. And it's a cloud over the, the marriage, the family, everything. It's like this cloud that goes with you everywhere you go. And you feel that way. You feel like everybody else is in the sunshine and we're in the cloud. So I started searching. Uh, we tried everything we knew to try. We tried all the medications over years. Uh, we tried all the natural things. Uh, some of them helped, but it was never enough, okay? And then I had a discovery on April the 15th, tax day in the U.S., 2001, that was a healing mechanism that took away my wife's depression in about 45 minutes after 12 years of advanced serious clinical depression. It came back, but by the time she had done this little mechanism for about, oh, three weeks, it was gone and it has never come back since. Uh, people who see her today cannot imagine that she was ever like that, but she was, and for a long time, and, and hopelessly. Well, I was so excited by that. I, at the time, I was in private practice doing counseling and therapy. I have a, a doctorate in psychology and a doctorate in natural medicine. So I was in private practice when that happened, and so I took that into my private practice, and it started doing the same thing with other people that it did with my wife. And I think, in a way, I, I got carried away. Because this thing, this little mechanism that you do on your body that takes six minutes was making people's depression go away, anxiety go away, people started coming in and telling me their cancer had gone away, their MS had gone away, and I, I'd never experienced anything like that in my life that, you know, came through or from me. So it was a trip, it was a high, it was Wow! I mean, if you came into my office just about any day, there's people crying in, in tears of joy. There's people laughing. There's people jumping up and down. I mean, it, it, was, it was very, very unusual. And, and I knew of no other practice like that anywhere in the world. So I sort of abandoned what I had thought I'd wanted to do all my life and jumped on that, and have been on that now, for the most part, for 19 years. So why in the world would I change from that, okay? Uh, I, I'm a New York Times best-selling author. My books are in print in 40 countries, 30 languages, all 50 states. Um, we have clients in 173 countries. I mean, we've been very successful. So why would I jump from something that's been so successful and has been such a blessing to me and I think others too. Well, I'm not, I'm not throwing it away, okay? It's still going to be available to anyone and everyone in the world who wants it and or needs it. But I just believe I need to change the priorities. Let me tell you, try to tell you why. I've had so many people over the last especially 19 years who have come to me and said, 
Alex, I want to thank you. My cancer's gone, but I'm still not real happy. Or my diabetes is gone, but, you know, I find I'm still in the same old bad habits and patterns I used to be. Or my anxiety's gone, but, okay, I hope you get the idea. And I've heard that consistently for 19 years. What I believe now is that even if I help you heal your cancer or diabetes or MS or, or Lou Gehrig's disease for a famous doctor that I worked with or, or almost any other condition you can name, even if we do that and it's successful, okay, I will jump up and down with you. I will hug you. I will cry with, uh, tears of joy with you, and I do. I cry all the time. I'm the guy that cries at the Hallmark commercials, okay? Uh, all the time at our house, we'll be watching a movie or something, and one of my kids will look over at me and say, Dad, are you crying? <laughs> and I usually am, okay? So I'll celebrate that, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's not going away, and I'm going to make sure it's available for everybody from now on. But I'm convinced it is not what is most important in life. What is most important in life, and, and, and this reminds me um, so much of the movie Field. What was the name of that movie again with Robin Winkler? Um, Dead Poet Society. My son Harry is here with me filming. Uh, yeah, when I first saw Dead Poet Society with Ro Robin Williams, wonderful, wonderful movie. And I'll never forget the scene where he's teaching these young boys in the classroom and all of them are from wealthy families and that's what they're concerned about. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the president of the bank or I'm going to be a, a billionaire on Wall Street or I'm going to be, you know, a, a world-renowned doctor and all that. And Robin Williams is telling them, you know, all that stuff is, is fine and good and great. But poetry and music, and love, and beauty. That's what we live life for. That's what the money from being a doctor, or Wall Street, or a garbage uh, sanitation engineer, or whatever, is the way you make a living. But what your life is for is are those things. Love, passion, beauty, art, Great intimate relationships, not just cancer or no cancer, or a lot of energy or not much energy, or and 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 more and more over the last 19 years, my own clients have proven that to me. Because, yeah, thanks for the healing. But, you know, my life really isn't a whole lot better. It's just that now I'm not going to die. Or now I don't have to do this every day. Okay? So, I'm starting over so I can put first priorities first. Okay? And to me, the first priorities are what I call the spiritual laws of nature. It is how to live your life for maximum love, joy, peace, passion, 
excitement, appreciating beauty, wonderful, fabulous, intimate relationships, uh, sexual, the ones that that's appropriate, but also intimate relationships that aren't sexual, great friends and colleagues. And when you live that, first of all, the illness and disease a lot of times goes, goes away on its own without even doing the mechanism. But even if it doesn't, I would rather any day live in love and joy and peace with an illness, a pain, or a sickness than live without pain or sickness in fear, anxiety, low self-worth, a wrong identity, etc. But the magic of this is when you do live by what I call the spiritual laws of nature, you almost always get both. The meaning, the purpose, the happiness, and the health. Both. And it may be the only way you can. So, I'm going to be starting with the one that I believe is the most important. First of all, I'm going to build a case kind of as to why this is so needed, what's really happening in our brain and nervous system and our unconscious, subconscious things passed down from our ancestors. I'm going to try to build a conclusive case for you why this is critical, one of or maybe the most important thing in your life, whether you know it or not. Then I'm going to start with what I consider to be the most foundational and powerful of these spiritual laws that I've discovered. And then we're just going to keep building. Now let me tell you where they came from. Sit down a minute for that. Uh, I love this story. When my wife and I got married, we wanted children. I mean like yesterday. Most couples aren't like that today, but you know what? Most couples weren't like that then. They wanted a few years, you know, to enjoy each other without the, the finances and the time demand of children. That was not Hope and I. We both wanted children. After six years, she'd had three miscarriages. And we had pretty much come to the conclusion that we're not going to have kids. It's, it's just not in the cards for us. Okay? And we got to a place where we were okay with that. All right? And then comes Harry, who's sitting right in front of me helping film this. And we were so thrilled. It took us a while to get excited because of all those miscarriages, you know. We thought that would probably happen again, but it didn't. So here comes Harry. Uh, he's just been born. Hope is in her room in the hospital. She hasn't seen Harry yet. Harry is in the nursery where they've got a heat thing on him, you know, in the incubator. And they're going to take him into her in, you know, a few minutes. But right now, it's just him and me through that glass. And I looked at him, and I had a tidal wave of panic and fear come over me. I was 
terrified. And for the very first time, I had a thought and a feeling that went with it. I don't have any idea how to be the right dad. And I had this thought, I'm going to screw this up. Because <laughs> I'm good at that. And, and, and if you listen to me much more, you'll find that out. I'll give you hundreds of examples. But right after that thought, probably within two minutes, I heard a voice in my head. I considered it to be God, but it was not an audible voice. I can't prove that. Maybe it's my unconscious. I don't know. But I heard a thought, and, and, and here it was. Alex, if you can accomplish two things with Harry, you will have done just fine. Two things. Okay, what are the two things? Number one, if when he reaches 18 years old, number one, he's still alive, physically alive. And number two, if when he reaches 18 years old, he knows 100%, no doubt, just the way he is, that he is totally and completely loved and accepted. If you can do those two things, you'll have done okay. And I just felt this relaxing of every cell of my body. Oh, maybe with God's help, I can do that. And immediately that day, came the first of what I would later start calling the greatest principle in the world that almost nobody knows, or later called it the secret spiritual laws of nature. Now, I do not mean religion. I run from religion. It took me decades to recover from my, my religion. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about any of that, okay? I'm talking about love and joy and peace versus fear, anxiety, anger, sadness. Uh, uh, having a positive, right identity of yourself instead of a wrong identity of yourself, which almost every single person I've ever talked to has a wrong identity of themselves. To feel like they're not worth much. To feel uh, not accepted. And so I've got to act or play games in order to be accepted, okay? And believe me, when we get into these teachings, some of, some of the people who teach that, it makes sense based on the way we know the world works. And that's why I was living it at 26 years old. It made sense. Decide what you want, make a plan to get it, change the plan as needed, and then with your willpower... Never give up until you achieve that, all right? It makes sense, but it is, a, it is a roadmap to failure, to illness, to unhappiness, to destruction. And the one that leads to your best possible life, I'd like to say, because that's different for everyone, 
okay? One's pers one person's best life is maybe to be a billionaire movie director or producer in Hollywood. But that's not my best life. If, if, I, if you put me into that life, I wouldn't be very happy at all, okay? And, and uh, one of the most influential people on me in my life was a janitor at our elementary school. Okay? Uh, a person who at that time, not much of anybody would have given much importance or listened to him or given weight to his words. But, oh man, he loved me unconditionally, talked to me every morning, hugged me, encouraged me, complimented me, and at some really critical times in my life. Okay? So, it's not so matter what you do or how much money you make or what color your skin is or where you live. It's the best possible life for you, which is unique in the entire history of the world. And I believe I can help you find that. Okay? So anyway, that's how it started. And, and that first spiritual law came on the day of Harry's birth. Well, I kept praying and kept meditating as, as things would come up. As Harry was three months old, six months old, a year old, okay? And I would pray and meditate for, okay, here's what's going on now. What do I do in this situation? And I would just wait, okay? And then here would come another one. And uh, it's an inside joke in our family whenever we're doing anything. I mean, out at the lake as a family, at a movie, at a wedding, at a funeral, uh, traveling, out somewhere, eating. At any time over the last 26 years, I might say, I've got to go write something down. And it's an inside joke in our family. Well, what I have been writing down now for 26 years are what I call these spiritual laws of nature. And it started with Harry and, and spiritual solutions to things that he was going through and me as his father and our family dynamic and his friends and everything else. Then here came George. And George was opposite of Harry, completely different person from Harry. So I needed new spiritual laws and insights for George, so I'd pray and meditate. They'd come, I'd write them down. Then I started thinking, well, wait a minute, what about me and Hope, my marriage? What about this client that I'm a little bit stuck with? What about this friend? What about my brother? What about... And so I just started doing it with everything and everybody where I was not sure what the right path or choice was. And then I would write it down as they came, okay? It wasn't, okay, let me go write some spiritual laws down now. That never happened once. It was always, I'd been praying and meditating about it, and now I was doing something else, and all of a sudden, wham, here it comes. And I've got to write it down, or I know I'll lose it. Okay, well, with my family, with my clients, in some places where I've taught, instead of being about the mechanism, which is what I'm known for, and my books are about and all, I've taught the spiritual principles, the greatest principles, the, um, 
And what I have to say is that as, as wonderful and powerful as the results of the healing mechanisms have been, and we've got thousands of pages of testimonials from all over the world about every health issue you could name. I, I don't think you could name a health issue that we don't have people over the last 19 years telling us, I started doing this mechanism you found, and I just went back from my daughter and from my doctor, and he says I don't have it anymore. Okay? Um, that's great. And again, I celebrate for that. But to me, the biggest changes, the biggest successes, the biggest life turnarounds have not come from that. They have come from the spiritual principles when they are understood, committed to, and implemented into someone's life. Uh, the only thing I can think of that, that I could give you a metaphor or parallel for that is a near-death experience. Um, before I started into natural health, uh, back when I was first out of undergraduate school, I worked with teenagers and their parents. And um, I loved it. I loved that work. Uh, teenagers are, are uh, out of the box and they're open to anything and everything. And they're always excited and always down in the dumps. And, you know, they're passionate and they're, they're everything. I mean, they're like the human condition exaggerated in every way, okay? Well, uh, in one of those groups of teenagers, we had a drama group. We would go around to uh, places and do a performance that lasted about an hour and was a series of little skits done by the teenagers that kind of made you think about some important principle in life, okay? And we were at this uh, one place doing a performance and the curtain had just opened and this lady come, this 14-year-old precious young lady comes out to say her line and she says her line and falls over dead. 14 years old. One of the most beautiful, lovely, inside and out people I've ever known, like a living angel. And in fact, the autopsy, I was told they found there's no reason that she should have died. And we had three emergency room nurses in the crowd that were on her immediately, okay? Well, her friend, her best friend, had a kind of near-death experience. She ran out of the room into the parking lot and had an experience with her friend who had just died. And it's, it's what gave her comfort and really helped her be okay from that. Well, that got me started studying near-death ex experiences, and I ended up doing a thesis on it. And in the majority of near-death experiences, people come back changed in ways they were never able to change before. And you, you've all seen the movie Scrooge. And it's pretty much like that. Uh, not, over 90% of the time, people come away 
from a near-death experience much more positive, much more loving, much kinder, more generous, less worried, uh, prioritizing what's really important for the rest of their life like they never did before. Well, when these spiritual principles take root in a person's heart and mind and, and start to bloom, that's what happens. Everything changes. Negative goes to positive without effort. Uh, usually without effort, sometimes with some effort. Uh, their health, all 99.9999 times out of 100 gets better without doing anything else. Everything seems to start changing and going better. It changes their spouses. It changes their children. It changes their businesses. It and that's, what ha that's my experience of what happens virtually every time when someone understands and commits to these spiritual laws of nature that I believe I've not come up with, I've been given over 26 years. So that's what I'm going to teach you. And there are, spirit, there are spiritual laws for any problem you can ever have in your life. There's one, probably more than one, one to, to several, that fit that problem and are, I believe, the ultimate solution to it. And I apologize that I have not been focused there over the last 19 years, but been much more focused on products and selling products and a, a physical healing mechanism. And again, I, I'm not throwing that away. It's always going to be available. But I'm going to get first things first, hopefully, from now on. So I'm going to start laying a foundation, uh, why this is true, why it's so needed. Uh, and then I will start with the most important spiritual law, and then we will go regularly to another one and another one and another one. And I call them the secret spiritual laws. Actually, I, I don't usually call it that, but that's sort of what we named it. And it's not so much that they're a secret, although sometimes they are. Sometimes the person's, oh, wow, I've never heard of that. But sometimes it's something they've heard all their life but they never really understood what it meant. And, and, and the, the example I'll give, there's a bunch of them, but the example I'll get is love. Uh, when Hope kicked me out of the house when I was 26 years old, I told her every single day I loved her, usually multiple times a day. I wrote it to her. I, you know, in every possible way, I told her I loved her. And you know what? If you had asked me at 26, do you love her? I wouldn't have hesitated a half a second. Yes, of course. Are you crazy? I love her with all my heart. Well, after she kicked me out of the house, which I thought at the time was the worst thing that ever happened, one of the main things I discovered is that I'd never really loved her at all. That what I was calling love was a business deal. And, and, and how was it a business deal? Well, 
in my mind, it was kind of like, okay, Hope, when we get married, if you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. If you don't do this, I won't do that. Now, we hadn't written all that down, but we had talked for hundreds of hours about that stuff. We went to premarital counseling voluntarily. I mean, we read books together separately, and then on our date, we'd get together and talk about the book we were reading from our different perspectives. I mean, you know, we didn't think anybody could be more prepared than we were. So, yeah, I would have said, oh, goodness, I love her with all my heart. Let me tell you, that's not love. You do this, I'll do that. You don't do this, I won't do that. That's not love, ladies and gentlemen. Not the real thing. That's a business deal. And in the 70s in America, we coined an expression for business deals. And it's what's in it for me. Well, what I found out experientially with almost losing everything that I valued, including my health and my wife, was that what I believed was real love and that I was living it was not real love. I was being really tricked or deceived and I was living what was really, in a lot of ways, the opposite of love. And the results were disastrous. And I will tell you right now that almost every person I have ever counseled, coached, done therapy with over 30 plus years, had a view of love that was the business deal kind, not the real love kind. The real love kind will lead you to success, happiness beyond what you can imagine, and you will wonder, how did this happen? It's like magic. The business deal love will lead you to the opposite, all the while thinking that you're doing what's right. Now, I know that sounds crazy. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to present some scientific studies and evidence, and I'm going to walk through it step by step, and I'm going to try to prove it to you that uh, maybe uh, your problem is not what you thought your problem was, and you may have a problem you didn't know you had. And how you got it and what has to happen to fix it. And then I'm going to offer to take you by the hand, metaphorically, you and me, and I'm going to teach you what I've been blessed to learn over the last 26 years. And I believe it will lead without a doubt, to your success, happiness, health, probably beyond what you can imagine. But one out of a hundred people, that's a rough guess, know about this kind of thing and are living it, maybe a few just naturally, it just comes naturally to them, but that's the great exception. 99 out of 100 of us are living the false love, the business deal love that leads to failure 
and everything that we don't want. It's a paradox, okay? So um, that's why I'm here. I hope it makes sense to you. Um, if you want the mechanism, you know, it works great and it's there. But from now on, I'm going to try to get first things first. And I would ask you to keep that in mind as well. That even if you use the mechanism and it heals this or that in your life, yeah, I'll celebrate with you. But remember what's most important and what is and the path that leads to what to your best possible life, your best possible life, is not the mechanism. If you heal something, but don't change how you live, I'm going to say spiritually, love, joy, peace, versus unforgiveness, anxiety, fear, that sort of thing, then I haven't done you any favors by helping you heal the health thing. We're just prolonging the agony. So... I hope that makes sense. Uh, please watch the next segment, uh, if, if, especially if you're skeptical, because I believe I can prove it to you that you're in a situation where you're most likely living in violation of the spiritual laws of nature. And you can't do that and get away with it any more than you can go to the top of the building and jump off and not pay the price for violating gravity. Now, it may not happen as instantly, but it will happen just as surely. So I would be honored to share with you what, what I have learned, what I've been given to help you live your best possible life and for your children, grandchildren, family, friends, everyone else that you love and care about. So if you've been a follower of ours for a while, I apologize for the wrong priority. Um, but I'm thrilled to get it right starting now. Thank you so very much and have a wonderful, blessed day.